Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. the podcast tools i don't need this uh, verification noise she literally has single-handedly ruined the intro for, for the <laughs> ubp it used to start where it was just all like oh let's talk about a tangential thing and i'll grab a quote from you and then it yeah. will just be like a random thing and now it's just kind of like this is big recorded <laughs> x for part someday i don't i don't know whether um, the people who listen week to week are sick of us acknowledging the lack of an intro every week but i, nah, I feel like we have to the, do it uh, us acknowledging that there is no intro is now the new intro. It evolves. This is what uh, good yeah, podcasts do. You, you never stay the same. If you do it enough, then it becomes uh, tradition. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this, uh, yeah, I'm Scott Telford, joined by Jules Kill. Yo. This is the Entire Banter Podcast, also known as the UBP. UBP. The UBP. The UBP. 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 Now, last night there was the Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley getting in there, stealing all the, the spotlights and all sorts of uh, hits and views and everything else from E3. Kind yeah. of feel like he's already stole their thunder. Thunder's the word that I want. It's stole the thunder from E3. Um, because there was tons of stuff. There was loads of different things announced. You've got Gearbox are doing uh, Wonderlands, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. We've got yes. a Death Stranding Director's Cut, which of all the <laughs> things... I, I feel like we need to dissect these like one by <laughs> one. I know that this is not the podcast to do it, but... Can we just say the fact that there exists a director's cut of Death Stranding when the man has his own studio and had complete creative control is literally the nadir of insanity. That was I, dude, I, he threw everything at the wall. There yeah, like what is left behind? Cut. Like they, what, what another two-hour conversation, another oh. a three-hour cutscene movie? Like it's one of those things where I'm intrigued more than ever to see what he is going to put in there because. If he thought that that was too crazy, too long-winded, or too up its own ass to cut out, that has got to be something we well, need to see. Death Stranding was the game that his longtime collaborator, I forget the dude's name, but there's been a guy who's worked with him since he was in Konami, since the original mm -hmm. Metal Gear Solid, who apparently was the dude that he used to bounce ideas off and stuff, very much like a, a phantom partner kind of thing. And yeah. Death Stranding was the game that made that guy leave, where he was just sort of like, I can't, I can't anymore. This is ridiculous. Princess Beach, mate, and everything else. And so I kind of wonder what is <laughs> <laughs> he starts a pitch that this guy left the door on that he's now going to go well i've got my way now i can do my director's cut and i can do all this stuff i just i horrifying. really hope i really really hope that the uh the person in question is literally just like a like a tickle me elmo doll or something like that where he's just <laughs> like so like do you think that i should put in this and just like elmo says no elmo wants to leave <laughs> and he's burnt it alive yeah. 
and now he's doing this. But yeah, we're getting the Death Stranding director's cut. There was Elden Ring got its gameplay. There's like there's there's yes. quite a bit to get to. Um, but let's bring some questions in. So first question from Willie Araya, who says, "Do you think Kojima is hiding something else with this Metal Gear inspired content, or is it just a homage? Keep up the good content and never keep us waiting, huh?" Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll actually I'll throw another couple of ones in as well because we've got quite a lot for because Death Stranding. Yeah, for Death Stranding. Oh, Death let's let's go to town on this. One. It's, it's <laughs> just I mean it is it is like you said it's such an idea it's such a weird Venn diagram of creativity and business it's such a weird thing yeah but yeah the footage itself opened with uh, Norman Reedus going to a warehouse and then the whole sequence was shot like a Metal Gear solid cutscene and mm-hmm. uh, which led a lot of people to think oh my god is there going to be some sort of Metal Gear based thing because David Hayter for as much as he fell out with Kojima and didn't Kojima didn't ask him to come on board with uh, Phantom yeah. Pain um, Hader has re has reprised Snake a couple of times since then. Uh, one of which being in Bomberman, and um, we just popped Bizarre. up with Snake in Bomberman. <laughs> but um, yeah, another question from Travis Nichols, who says, "Happy Friday, gents. Uh, I'm sure that the craziness of E3 will be covered. So my only question is, what the hell is up with all the Metal Gear Solid references in Death yeah. Stranding Director's Cut? Considering all the connections that people were making between those games before the original release." Um, and then Sam Drever, who says, uh, "How much stuff do you think will be added to the Director's Cut of Death Stranding, and what sort of stuff would you like to see?" And then Ben Roy Turner, our own. Ben classic says are you ready for another 100 hours with uh, bb now <laughs> to bring it all the full circle like i said the footage shows very metal gear solid adjacent thing um sam bridges sam porter bridges jumps in a big old cardboard box and it's very metal gear until it's not and so oh, I don't no, know... not before tipping out some oranges mate the oranges mean something obviously well, no, oh, i'll tell you what they mean i'll I tell you what they're they the, mean, uh, the box isn't it the box that's brand. the box of metal gear yeah. solid too uh, it's just i hate that i know that i hate that i've been around <laughs> for this long but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Okay, I okay. I don't. so all right, I'm going to have to step in because I feel like um, <laughs> Scott's about to disappear into the void. Like I, I want to. Like, the, pro- the problem is with you and Kojima is that you have a very love-hate relationship with the man. Oh. You love everything he does. You love the authorship that he's allowed to approach his projects with and the fact that he is literally just going out there and doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. That is a very important thing. Identity and a voice of that sort of like drive is very essential in the gaming industry. <laughs> However, it's like uh, he's speaking to himself inside an uh, echo, like anabolic chamber or whatever it's called, where he like can't hear anything else other than himself. He just like, like he's getting no outside forces telling him no, that's maybe not a good mm. idea. So to have all of these ideas resurface in this director's cut, I'm fully intrigued. I'm fully on board because I want to see it. If we get more Solid Snake stuff, which is effectively mm. him giving the massive middle finger to Konami and saying, look, you might, uh, the, the IP is nothing without me. Mm. I can still do this in my own version and we're going to have everything like... We well, kind of did last night. I mean, Metal Gear was like trending again. Like, yeah. well, this, he, he never, it never explicitly is Metal Gear. Like mm. the oranges obviously were the box brand. The box is iconically re- uh, reference, uh, tied to Solid Snake, mm. but it's nothing that is from the Metal Gear Solid franchise because no. they still because Konami still owns that IP. They, they, yeah, it's yeah. under the, it's under their publishing rights. So he will do everything he can. We will not see Snake appear. We will probably see another guy called like Fiskin or something like that. It, like, there will be so many on the noise <laughs> nose references to it that it will court Solid Snake. Oh yeah, Solid Snake. It will be like it will court con- uh, Konami's lawyers, but it will mm. be just um away enough in fact it may well be the only reason that this is a director's cut is because this was a legally dubious piece of content that he couldn't I, put in i wonder if what he's 
doing because i mean like if you follow along with everything that happened with phantom pain then he left that project yeah they had to they had to wrap it because they couldn't finish it on the time frame that kojima wanted because yeah. konami came down and said look you've got to get something shipped um and his budget had gone way out of control that was yeah. why they had to segment yeah. it into ground zeros and whatever i wonder if he had ideas that were left on the cutting room floor that he's now just going to do with death stranding because yeah death why Stranding's not gameplay yeah like plays well enough it's it's close enough to the fox engine it's close enough to metal gear 5 and I mean, I would take that like a Metal Gear themed Death Stranding add-on, but I also wonder that game is like forty hours long, like at its yeah. base version. Like, are they gonna? Is there gonna be story stuff that's different? Like, I just, it's just, it's like someone voiding their bowels and then just being like, oh, I need to go see if there's anything left. And just, yeah. you know, well, it's clearly all out there. It's a bit of a mess, and I don't think we need it. But at the same I, time, I, sure. I think that we've got to maybe everyone's been a bit distracted by the uh, the Metal Gear symbology uh, as mm. on the nose as it was. But maybe we're not asking the right questions. Maybe we should be looking at where the setting is and what uh, Sam might be having to do in mm. this director's cut to maybe see if he's moving the uh, the dialogue forward because. Mm. It, it opened up in a base that had loads of uh, like cadavers, like body bags. Like bodies, like. yeah. But I thought the whole gimmick of Death Stranding was that if you die, you explode. Well, so there's always like a time between that. But like, okay, so, so but it's still, but it's, still people, though, yeah. it's still a very dangerous um, perspective to be in if you've got a room full of dead people that might literally explode. <laughs> so it yeah. might well be at this point in time that we're looking at the um, the resistor, the, the group of people who are wearing the high tech helmets and stuff like that. Maybe mm -hmm. they're trying to weaponize these uh these bio bombs maybe i mean maybe the... they found a way to like elongate the time before bodies blow up or maybe, maybe they found a way to change the way like you said that 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 rule happens or whatever it's very strange it's very weird i appreciate it the the mm. cringe of jeff uh, jeff keely talking to kojima um after the yeah, years yeah, of him yeah, yeah. he's my best friend and like, i love you kojima and him going i love you jeff and it's just this weird thing that i completely forgot was a thing until i watched another Kobe cat yeah. video but yeah, not to worry. Um, in terms of moving on, yes, Ben Roy, we are ready for another 100 hours yeah. with uh, BB, but it might also finish me at the same time. Um, <laughs> next question from Carl B, brackets Eden and Pops. So big shout outs to Eden and Pops. Um, just a quick one, you legends. What games haven't been 100% confirmed for this new version of E3 across the weekend that you would love to see at E3? Personally, I would lose my you-know-what if we actually got to see Bioshock 4. All the best. Oh. So basically, we're looking at games that we know are in development, but we haven't actually heard anything. Ostensibly. Wrong. Yeah, I haven't been 100% confirmed, but you would love to see. I mean, it would be for me, it would just be seeing, because uh, I'm still riding that hype train pretty hard. It's the time mm. split stuff. Obviously, the announcement fairly oh, God, recently yeah. really did get me hyped up. And I That's feel like it, the fact that they um, announced it just a few weeks before E3, if they could capitalize on that and show some concrete footage mm. of it moving forward, then mm. I think that Deep Silver would get a, a lot uh, of it is Deep, Deep Silver that are publishing it, isn't it? Uh, the, it's a new studio, I think, that's developing. Yeah, publishing will be Deep Silver, I think. Yeah, um, which I which I genuinely think that Deep Silver needs a bit of a win at the moment, don't they? Because mm. they uh, they've got Dead Island Two that is apparently <laughs> coming out at some point. Well, unless I guess, I'm getting confused with the developers and publishers. That I, is the, the top of my head right now. I can't think which one belongs to them. But either way, like the Timesplitters yeah. Resurrection, that's such a shout. That's not its name, but the the resurrection of Timesplitters mm. is such a shout. Um, yeah, I completely forgot about that thing. Bioshock 4 is a big deal too. I feel like that mm -hmm. has to kind of prove its worth with Ken Levine being nowhere near it. Um, if we're throwing stuff out that we know is in development, and I just mentioned Ken Levine, I would love to know what the hell he's been working on because he's yeah, apparently true. got a whole new IP that he's been working on and a new set of game mechanics, this whole new way of telling a story that's been in the works for the last like 
eight years or something. Mm-hmm. My main thing, um, weirdly, is actually the Nintendo Switch Pro Deluxe Super Deluxe thing because yep. that's never been 100% confirmed. Nintendo have never acknowledged it officially. Um, all we know, in theory, is the components are being put together in warehouses and the assumption is that you know it'll show off Metroid Prime and Bayonetta and everything. Yep. I just want to know what the hell that system is, but it would be so Nintendo to not do it because they're like, yeah. well, you all know now, so we're just going to wait. Nintendo, we need to delay it a week. And it's just like, just do the thing. Just do the thing that we all know you want to do. And yeah. uh, Actually be a game uh, publisher. Show us some <laughs> actual stuff, please. Stop making it so we have to download apps for voice chat. It's not yeah. good. Next question from Mackenzie Young. What is a mechanic in one game that should be used by more games besides the meniscus system? Now, I had to ask around the right. office for this, um, including, <laughs> including you, because I thought the meniscus situation um josh thinks that this is a misspelling and autocorrect of uh, nemesis which makes a lot more sense but uh, i do love the idea of the meniscus system because we discovered that obviously the meniscus system meniscus <laughs> system is related to your knees your cartilage yeah, knees. so it, so it must be uh, games that have legs uh, we'll do we'll answer the question twice which yes. mechanics because obviously games with legs uh we've definitely got to go back to well, um you in uh, first Death person you, you want everything in first person to make sure you've got legs yeah. so, so meniscus system doesn't Death Stranding have like mechanical legs you can wear? It does actually. Yeah, it has, yeah, it has yeah. loaders that mean you yeah. can carry more stuff. You can run faster. Yeah. Uh, obviously, poor, uh, Portal Two <laughs> has the uh, the leg braces that you wear uh, that stop the um, the shock impact from destroying I want your shins. A very specific type of a charge jump. I want the one from I think it's from Spider Man Two on in two thousand four Spider Man Two. Yeah. Where you can you can do the double jump I think, but you can also hold X and do the charge boost. But you're not. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not staying in one place while you hold X, so you can sort of fight whilst holding X, sort of like bridge the gap with your thumb, yeah. fight a bit, and then let go, and then jump off. I want that. That's good. I want That's that good leg. use of legs, that is. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Top, top, top legs. And also um, Octodad, because obviously that mm-hmm. is, uh, he's technically all legs or arms, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I feel like there's a really obvious one that I'm missing, but um, it's been a while. So, I mean, the new Sifu game's got martial arts in it, lots of legs. Mate, you know, you know what, the, uh, there is a game that is has no legs, but is all about jumping. <laughs> jumping on. Flash. Do you remember that? I'm, the first oh. first person um, platforming game yeah, where you play as a robot rabbit. I that's breaking my mind. I wrote about that for some reason. I had to write about that uh, the other week because it was bizarre. It was, uh, gaming innovations that happened earlier than you think, and get, Jumping Flash is the original 3D platformer that I know. creates Mario 64 and everything. And I that's that, that's a weird one that you know that <laughs> that you've thought of that as well. That our brains. Are I've got I've got both that and the yeah. sequel, mate. I've got it in the bag over there. Oh, really? Used to, yeah, I used to play it every once in a while. It's the bag of legs. And in terms of uh, the uh, should be more games, the Nemesis system. Personally, I'm sick of the Nemesis system. I'm sick of what? What? Because they're always invulnerable and they wander after you. And are oh, you trying to get a puzzle? So I've got to pull this lever. I've got to do this crank. And oh, there's a, a creature that I've got to wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. What, what, what do you mean by the Nemesis system? Define because I think well, the one might... that, the one that Resident Evil Two remake set. No, in motion. no, no, no. I think that they're talking about the Nemesis system, as in the one from um, oh. Shadow of War, uh, Shadow of Mordor. Maybe. The nemesis system, as in like the evolving like enemies that become your nemesis. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. If you're talking wrong. about a nemesis, yeah, I, I'm sick of games that just go like, you can't kill this thing. This big yes. chunk of ham is going to turn you into a charcuterie board. <laughs> With a face. Yeah, I'm not not entirely happy about that. Yeah, you're but, not wrong. Um, I think the heat's definitely gotten to me. We are very warm, or I'm very warm, sitting in this room. But yeah, the nemesis system, Shadow of Mordor's nemesis system. Mm-hmm. Yes, should be in way more things. What about the um, the traversal uh, mechanics that you get from the likes of Just Cause Three, when you can like uh, parachute and then uh, use the hook thing? And then, but I love it games that allow you to just get to like from A to B without ever having to touch the floor because you can mm. just go. Actually, they do. Uh, Mackenzie Young does suggest their pick is Quantum of Solace's blend of first-person shooting and then third-person while in cover. Um, oh, I, I love that. 
I love that too. I associate mm-hmm. that more with Rainbow Six Vegas. Yeah, um, Rainbow Six Vegas Two. That was Vegas that, Two. That was, that was like the jam. show. Like uh, play, playing against the bots with a mate and just like going on like this. <laughs> like, we're just gonna just gonna uh, hide that here. That was such a golden age of tactical shooters, like yeah. the Ultimate Recon stuff. I remember. I don't know if you had a friend or maybe you were this person on PS One who was flying the flag for Rainbow Six, but I, I could not get on board with it before we had um, a right yeah. analog stick I'm trying to I'm, look around with. Yeah face buttons the the earliest um uh, introduction i had to uh, the rainbow six franchise was the mm. one that came with the headset that allowed you to speak commands to your uh, teammates on the is, xbox one SOCOM, but yeah yeah that was that was a brutal Fire game that's so tough <laughs> yeah so, get to cover what <laughs> get to cover what that's my experience with every single voice controlled anything that's why it puts me off ever doing anything voice controlled because they never get it yeah. um but yeah in terms of um the, the thing that i want in every single game because i've been playing recall 2014's hottest property recall nice. um and i realized that i want every single game to have an air dash i've not I, just why, why not <laughs> like just if you got a dodge button let me dodge in midair every single yeah. game is better for it the new ratchet and clank has it and it's just 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 put it in everything um, the also, amount of hazards you can avoid just by having that simple fixture in. Well, especially in um, in combat and stuff as well. You can get the hell out of places or whatever. Um, mm. Mackenzie Young did also do a quick little follow-up saying, do you prefer to use color grids with all the sliders or a palette with set options for customization? Personally, I hate the sliders. Yeah, I'm not a too, uh, too big a fan of the sliders mm. because I always feel like unless you're going for huge primary colors, I just don't, I barely see them. So I'm just kind of like, you just give me the, the, give me the option of like luminous colors. <laughs> oh, the secret source for me is like, I'll take the slider, but I, I need the thing where you use the analog stick to fly around the slider faster, but then let me <laughs> do granular numerics with the D-pad. That is the most 1% conversation ever, but I need the, the D-pad can let me like zero in because I hate that thing where you go back and forward to try and land on a specific number because yeah, I need yeah. it to be an even number, Jules. I can't. <laughs> I can't carry on with my life if it's <laughs> if it's on an odd number. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. 
But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director, Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, next question from Steve Ahrens, who says, Hello, Legends. Well, hello yourself. Hello. Um, I'm hoping for an Ocarina of Time remaster announcement at E3. Which Nintendo classic do you guys think also needs a remaster? Um, also, did you guys know that Marvel have the naming rights to their own Australian rules football stadium in Melbourne called Marvel Stadium? Thinking face. I did not know that at all. But I know that uh, Marvel is one to have some very strange relationships with companies over the years. Mm. Um, for example, did you know, obviously, uh, the notorious uh, racist <laughs> Hulk Hogan? Um, <laughs> it's, it's a joke, Terry. Friday, Come on, mate. So, yeah, um, uh, he's basically, uh, obviously, because he had the uh, immortal Hulk Hogan, they had to contact Marvel and license the name off of them because of the fact it was the the incredible hulk was yeah. uh, and they got like a cut of all of the merch deal for like or they sold for a certain amount of time. same with um the people who you know gangrel the wrestler yeah, yeah, yeah the vampire that's a, that was a uh, a name that was taken from a uh, i think it was either a tabletop game or a video game and they had to pay the uh, makers of that a okay. licensing fee for like five or ten years and wouldn't you know it as soon as that five to ten year license was up gangrel was out on his ass so, like, <laughs> he was the guy who used to come to the ring that was when i watched wrestling and drink blood and oh, then he had the best theme tune because it just started with like it sounded like um every oh, um yeah. every sort of pocket dial that you ever got in the 90s just like <laughs> oh, it's kind of like <laughs> it sounds like Xbox Live in 2006. <laughs> it's kind of like um... <laughs> that's got me. That's got me. Just a game of Halo Two, shotguns and snipers. You just <laughs> we should at some point do the types of players that everyone's encountered because there's always the heavy breath person and there's always the person who's left their mic on and there's arguing with their partner in the distance. But you oh, the person who plays like really loud music and you just get the sort of like it's a uh, it's again it's tradition i mean maybe that's why everyone abandoned xbox live because there was a period where everyone was playing it but it's been a while since those people have been around <laughs> um anyway in terms of nintendo stuff um yep. that needs a remaster i just want wind waker hd on the switch just just put the wii version the remake yeah, version it's already there the fancy version just put that on the switch i think they will because it's the 35th anniversary of zelda there's already been some posters and um, that have been seen in gamestop and stuff yeah. like that 
Um, so it seems like they're going to be putting together like a Zelda collection. I, oh, I, I, the thing is, is that while that is great news, mm. um, we have to remember that they've just done the Skyward Sword announcements. True. Obviously, that's getting its HD version. Do you really think that they're going to pull the trigger on another one so soon after? Because they love mm. eking this out. Like, uh, even though it is the 35th anniversary, you've got to look at what they did for Mario. All they did was they bundled together not even the best versions of their um, oh, of, his, God, uh, of his games. And then they did the Battle Royale thing that went away. Like, well, what think- are they going to do with Zelda? Are they going to do like, a, oh, it's a hundred rupee challenge that you only got until February to play. <laughs> that would be the kind of thing that they would do. I think because I forgot about the Skyward Sword thing. That's a really good point. Um, I wonder if they're charging more for that because Skyward Sword flopped harder because that game didn't get to enjoy like long-term success because it was on such a failing system. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, they could do they could do the Skyward Sword thing they are doing and then do a do the trilogy bundle of Ocarina, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, put them yeah. out in HD. If, if it was up to me and I was um, in charge of it, I would give the very niche Zelda fans what they've mm. never asked for. And that is taking all of the DS games and up them and putting them into a collection. That oh, you can God, like, Switch, um, like Spirit Tracks Spirit, and yeah, Spirit um, Tracks, uh, Minish Cap. If they could do... Oh, Minish, oh my God, oh, Minish Cap. It. Minish Cap is the deepest toke of the biggest smoke, <laughs> mate. I absolutely love it because you are just like... <sighs> This game is good. I literally, I bought a DS um, to, to to play Minish Cap and played that on the way when we mm-hmm. uh, went to uh, Rachel's wedding. So I just associate like lovely, happy times with the married couple and everything. But also Minish Cap's very good. So which good, Rachel would agree. But um, yeah, that that I think they'll do some sort of bundle deal with that. I kind of wonder in regards to Ocarina if they take take the 3DS version because it has mm-hmm. all the upscales, environments, and character models. Maybe yeah, sure. up res that even more, put it in HD. Um, I think we'll get something though. It seems like a massive missed opportunity if they don't do something for it because it's true. It is the 35th anniversary, but also there's Donkey Kong's 35th anniversary, there's Metroid's 35th anniversary. So either it'll be everything or it'll be nothing. <laughs> it'll be nothing. Because it's like if they start one of them, then they've got to do the other ones. And it's it's, like... I, I tell you what, Nintendo has this like uh, in my mind. It's like a Snorlax. Like it occasionally <laughs> gets up and absolutely warms you with some amazing like quality and hits, and then the rest of the time it's just kind of like sleeping giant. It's just sleeping the road blocking everybody else because yeah. it won't get the hell out of the way. Um, next question is a favorite unexpected game from the Summer Games Fest from Jay. Um, now, this might be a hard one depending on what you... Not <laughs> what at all, mate. Mean. Not at all. You already know which one I'm going to talk about. Oh, well, you, you, you go with yours first because mine's going to be little indie things. Bro. Bro. Oh, ev- everyone was around there just going, oh, Elden Ring, mate. Elden Ring's bloody great, mate. I love it. And everyone else is just going like, oh, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranded. And then it's yeah. me just going like, um, excuse me, guys, can we talk about Metal Slug Tactics, can we talk about- please? Oh, I thought oh. you were going to go with um, Wonderlands because your wife was on stage for a little bit. Listen, as much as uh, Ashley Birch and I are destined to be together, it's <laughs> it's not happening right now. And in that interim, I need to uh, get on board with Metal Slug um, Tactics because look at it. It's literally it's XCOM with the, well, actually no it's not it's Final Fantasy Tactics if we're yes. being honest and it's got the uh, Metal Slug uh, graphical style and the comedy that comes with it and I'm just like I never knew I wanted this game I just there's, there's a nice little push for uh, I think we mentioned this in another UBP but there's a nice little push for turn based combat coming back or grid based yes. stuff coming back yes. like obviously on the even on the Nintendo side there's the Mario and Rabbids stuff but you've got Yakuza embracing turn based stuff mm-hmm. you've got this turn based Metal Slug like we never yeah. would have guessed that but it's a really good fit Maybe we should um, do a list on um, uh, genre mix-ups nobody saw coming. Something like that. Yeah. Like, well, I, I feel think, like I feel like we did that. Do we not do that? Uh, do you know what, mate? We've it, done a lot. You and, you and I have worked on. <laughs> when did you start working on the channel again? 
Oh, well, I mean, I, I predate it. I was in text form from 2013. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then we did the, the original version of the YouTube channel, which is still the same channel, but the videos have all been deleted. That was in 2014 or something. It's, so you, you've it's been here since 2014. So I would say that you've done at least every list in existence more than <laughs> once by now. Possibler. Yeah. Um, me and you definitely did that video where we argued about which was a better tactics game, XCOM, War of the Chosen, or Mario and Rabbids. Oh, which man, I'll I remember. I got, by Mario I, I got really annoyed at that. I remember just being like, how can you tell me that a game with rabbits is better than XCOM 2's Booby Snakes? That thing, I remember that doing, <laughs> that doing hardly any views that me and you were like, that's the most passion we've put into anything. Yeah, I know, anything. Yeah. Yeah. We um, came yeah. out of that sweating. Like, it was just not like, Thank you for listening to this. Go seek out that old video. It's literally just called, I think it's Mario and Rabbids versus XCOM or something. It's just yeah, yeah. debating it out. Um, but yeah, unexpected stuff. Um, it would be, it's called Sky Children of the Light. It's the next game mm-hmm. from Genova Chen. Mm-hmm. Uh, dudes that did Journey. Sorry, the next game from that game company. The creative director is Genova Chen. Um, that did Journey, that did Flower, that did uh, Flow. And uh, I just love that dude's outlook on life. Um, I just absolutely love the way he approaches creativity. I love his thoughts on uh, creating mature art that ages with you and you get different things out of it, depending on when you come back to it. Um, he also had a, um, a really cool quote that um, creativity is not talent, but attitude, which I think oh, is a hell of a, oh, a nice, such a, such a convers- conversation starter. But yeah, um, Sky Children of the Light's been rumored or been talked about getting a Switch release for three years at this point, And I was glad that mm-hmm. finally showed up. Um, Planet of Lana or Planet of llama i think it's llama yeah um, looks really lovely as well the game that seems like a post-apocalyptic thing yeah hang out with your cat just looking at different spaceships and meteors that thing looks really sweet um, what about uh weezer's uh bear on a boat <laughs> tony hawk's rail shooter I wish that game looked better than it did because yeah. it's got a really cool synth soundtrack it's got like i'm sure com Truse is on it there's a bunch of like known synth folk that yeah. are on the soundtrack weezer's on it but the actual animations for it it's not to dunk on them it looks like it was made for like a tenor but it doesn't it just doesn't the animations don't look very good it's got that full guys uh aesthetic hasn't it where it's just mm. kind of like simple polished but not really outstanding but maybe it's it'll just... do really well for them because it's just like it, you know when a graphics don't hold back a game as much as people no. think they do well no i don't care about graphics necessarily it's literally the animations like because yeah. they're going for it's a tony hawks adjacent it's like a skating game but you're kick flipping a motorboat and you're playing yeah. as a big bear um, but there's a bit where he does like a wall flip and it's just the whole model just forces itself around yeah. and it just doesn't look very smooth. So I don't know. I'm going to look at some reviews, but that's out today. Um, next question from Shannon Dance. Great name. Um, what would you, oh, sorry, what would surprise you if it was announced and dropped on Game Pass during the Xbox and Bethesda showcase? Now, this is the thing that's coming on Sunday. What yes. would be their biggest surprise? Uh, for me, it would be because obviously they've had the uh, the tie-up with Bethesda. That's all gone through now. Mm. They've started stating which stuff it possibly might be exclusive. What would be absolutely outstanding is if they were able to put the Doom 2016 version onto Game Pass, because at the moment, oh. that's the one that is missing. Right, We've got, right. Um, got the original doom doom 2 i'm pretty sure obviously doom eternals on there doom 64 is on there but the doom 2016 version isn't and i'm not entirely sure why that is Mm. at the moment but it would be amazing if it if that uh could come online that's a shout i i really really want to see uh the rumors of the halo infinite multiplayer beta being true um just because i feel like it would just be a cool little summer free-to-play multiplayer thing they could put out i mean obviously it'd be free enough if you're on game pass but Mm -hmm. the rumors were from the end of last year that it was going to be this halo infinite multiplayer was the the portion of that game that was ready to go 
Um, and that they, Phil Spencer said they debated putting that out separately and working on the campaign for the rest yep. of the year. And then all of it got delayed. Um, but I could go for some Halo. It's been a long time. Like I've got the, I've, the one game I've had installed since 2014 is the Master Chief Collection on my Xbox. Um, and I could totally go for whatever the next wave of Halo is. So I kind of yeah, hope definitely. that it's in enough of a state to be out. And you could do Xbox, PC, crossplay and stuff like that. Definitely. Um, so that might be sweet. Um, next question from Tristan Vetter. After watching the Battlefield trailer, Battlefield 2042 trailer, yeah. and finding out it was going to be £70, but it's a multiplayer-only game, do you think that EA have made it their first new console game? Should it... Blah, blah, blah. Do you think EA should have made it their first new console game to go straight onto EA Play's service? The £70 argument is in full effect. I guess that's yeah. the whole thing of... Like, are we just going to get charged seventy pounds regardless because that it's the new gen? That's what. Yes, uh, yeah, of course we are. Like, I feel like if there's <laughs> if, if there is a chance to make seventy quid, of course every single developer is going to charge that higher Especially price. EA. And um, it knows uh, EA knows that uh, the Battlefield uh, license is still incredibly strong, so they can charge that. Yeah. Um, it's going to rile people up, but at the end of the day, they're still going to see only a small diminishing uh, bit of uh, sales compared to all the money that they'll be making back mm. off of that. I am a bit gutted that they are dropping the campaign mode, but if we all go back to the uh, in, now infamous Activision uh, quote about how few people actually see shooter mm. campaigns through to the end, then maybe maybe this will allow the game to move forward into something that's uh, more than uh, what we expect uh, first-person weird... shooters to be. Yeah, it's an interesting rollout because like Battlefield's never been known for its campaign, but I was like glad to see them. Like The start of Battlefield well, 4 still has a really cool... You know, Do you remember really the, well uh, the World War One one that actually had yeah, these yeah, short War. story, yeah, the, the short mm. story campaigns that mm. actually was done really well, and especially like oh, the yeah. opening where you uh, charged forward and each person you died as was a real person that got their name read yeah. out. Like they they do clever gimmicky bits like this, and I do feel like that uh, campaign was probably one of the better ones that they'd released over the totally. years. But could I would I have still got as much enjoyment out of it if it wasn't in there? Of course, because I had mm. such a good time on the multiplayer side. I it definitely I was like, the forgotten there. about bit. Yeah, I get that at some point they're just going to split the difference. Like the amount of money it must cost to make the campaign. They're just like, yeah. oh, we can just do a multiplayer. It is a bit cheeky. Well, it's, it's full on cheeky. Full yeah, on, 70 quid. Oh, uh, yeah. Full on uh, cheeks in the face in terms of just going £70 premium price point for a multiplayer only game when everybody else yeah. is making. Even Call of Duty Warzone is free. Um, but I mean, because I was looking on uh, the version of Battlefield that it suggests or it did when it first went live on the PlayStation Store was the £110 version. And yeah, I, that seems I excessive, looked at it man. and went, what? Because it's just skins. You just get you're yeah. skins and you get access to whatever DLC they're going to do in the future. The base version is uh, £70, but still, yeah, it, it is kind of ridiculous. Um, I, yeah, I really, really wish that um, companies like EA, because they are able to uh, enact change because they have so much more uh, capital to throw around than most other companies companies mm -hmm. it would be great for them to actually take a positive step forward and say uh this game is coming out uh like 30 quid like 20 quid free even but mm -hmm. there are going to be microtransactions the loot boxes the skins and stuff like that because i think that that's effectively what this game is it's going to be a multiplayer yeah. experience yes it's going to be amazing yes the levolution stuff is there mm -hmm. i would pay a small price up front and i'd even buy expansion packs if i got more levels and stuff down the line but just that 70 quid up front it really is putting like a roadblock on what i deem to be worth 70 quid that, yeah and it's like the, the rollout last time as well like obviously battlefield 5 you can say whatever you want about the way the marketing handled but that game didn't perform as well as it could have done no, even though the gameplay no. is totally solid but they remember then... the first week of launch yeah Jeez, that was just bad. so messy and then you know they followed up by going oh we are actually going to do the uh, battle royale but it's called like fire fire team or something and then yeah. that sort of rolled out but it was months later and no one's mm -hmm. playing it and it's just 
it's battlefield like it should be right up there next to call of duty and i feel yeah. like call of duty has run away with it for the last few years um but yeah i guess we'll see how it goes if you're the ea's um business if you're in that executive board then you're just like why wouldn't we charge for this there's yeah, a lot exactly. of hype you know it's the return to the near future setting etc mm-hmm. um a final question from brian jackson i'm a recovering trophy addict i gave them up to try and finish more games and not waste my time doing pointless crap to either of you trophy hunt and which or if you don't anymore which game broke you off hunting trophies um, I used to do or quite a lot of um, trophy hunting, actually. Mm. Uh, I think that the game that actually broke my spirit <laughs> may have actually been, uh, I think the last game that I, it was an, okay, so what it was, was it was a video game that added in uh, extra achievements with an online update that could be only completed online. It was uh, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Tomb Raider. Oh, the, uh, God, okay. Yeah, they added in those ones where it was like you had to get to like level 50 or something like that in Tomb Raider. And I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, I really enjoyed this story. I really enjoyed the game. I went through and got 100% of the collectibles. Mm-hmm. And then they added in some DLC like that came with achievements. And I was like, now I don't have 100%. Ugh. And then I started seeing it everywhere. It was like uh, the same with like Gears of War 3. I knew I would never get like seriously 3.0. Oh, that so, God, yeah. so I was like, oh, okay well this is kind of killing my buzz mm. for the whole sort of trying to 100% games mm-hmm. and I mean even when I did 100% the games like I completed um, this war of mine uh, the Ratchet and Clank uh, movie video game tie-in and mm-hmm. for honor mm-hmm. um, I got them all 100% and then I was like cool I've done it but for, for, for what <laughs> like, like okay cool I've done it for like yeah I think it, there's an art to doing a really good set of 100% achievements or 100% uh, the platinum trophies and stuff where you see you get I think you should get the majority of trophies first time through if you're just experiencing whatever the core mm-hmm. through line of that game is and then they should encourage different play styles if it's an RPG encourage different class builds if it's if first person shooting maybe uh, encourage different trick shots and stuff like that maybe get four dudes with one headshot or things like that yeah I think there's ways to do it where it's really fun to mop up trophies. Um, I never used to do it. I always, always, always viewed it as um, just time wasting. The thing that put me off was Assassin's Creed's flags in the first one. Yeah. And um, the first Assassin's Creed, because that was also kind of close to when achievement really took off on the 360. Um, but the PS5, because trophies are built into the UI, whenever you hit the home button and it shows you like, hey, by the way, you're 40% close to getting this. Yeah. I've started getting them. So I've got way more platinums now than ever. I mean, I say way more. I've got like five compared yeah. to the zero I had before but i think it's just a case of knowing when a game is wasting your time and if it's something like the gears one where it's like hey go do five thousand matches or something yeah i'm, I'm never gonna do that um or the one that the only one that's starting me having the current ratchet and clank rift apart platinum is that they want you to find eight bears little teddy bears um yeah. around they're just anywhere in the map they don't ping on the radar they don't ping anywhere you've just got to <laughs> okay. find them um and i'm just like no i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna get a walkthrough and i'll go and find <laughs> yeah it. i'm not yeah. gonna go and you know comb the it's not a point and click game or Elliot noir or anything but yeah i think um i yeah I'd, i would i'd like to trophy hunt but i tend to come up against a brick wall most of the time because there's always something there where i'm like this is going to take the rest of the day to do yeah. this and it's clearly yeah. not worth the time but yeah I, I tell you what i absolutely hate and it needs to be in its own sort of like level of gaming hell it's achievements <laughs> that uh don't that are story related that don't pop depending on difficulty settings so for example it says oh, complete the game God. on the hardest difficulty setting you yeah. do that but it doesn't unlock the previous two they need uh, to just, stack. that's bad that's bad <laughs> juju right there 
Yeah, any every single difficulty thing needs to to stack. You should be at the yeah. top level thing and have everything trigger. Um, so yes, for now though, this has been the Untitled Partner Podcast. Thanks to everybody for sending in all their questions. We will know this time next week what the hell E3's rollout's been, and mm-hmm. um, we can talk about what whatever the hell happens between now and uh, I think Tuesday is the last conference. That's when Nintendo is. Maybe we'll have a new Nintendo by then, Jules. Maybe yeah, be maybe pro. maybe. You never know. Um, but yeah, once again, we'll ask him on Thursday for everyone's thoughts and stuff um, going forward. For now though, yeah. this has been the UPP. The UPP. You- UPP. UPP. I've been Scott Tailford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll catch you next week. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.